It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The Oklahoma City Thunder just wrapped up their media days. The NBA season is back. We're a week away from the NBA postseason. What did Shea have to say at media day? Darius Baisley earns an A-plus during his press conference. Josh Giddy talks, Trey Mann talks, Tail Maldon talks, Poku gained some muscle. Derek Favors reacting to the news of being traded and so much more on today's Locked On Thunder, a Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host and site expert over at thunderousintentions.com, media member Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Follow the show on Twitter at L-O-Thunderpod. Email the show, L-O-Thunderpod at gmail.com. Call into the show, 405 362 7128 on today's show brought to you by Locked On NBA. It's a podcast taking you around the national landscape of NBA basketball. Go subscribe anywhere you get your podcast from. We're going to recap the Oklahoma City Thunder media day sessions. There's a lot to dive into, like Poku, Tail Maldon, Darius Baisley, SGA, all adding some muscle. Derek Favors viewing his role in Oklahoma City. Baisley's A-plus interview. Roby opens up about being a college student last year in the NBA and a lot more. Thank you for making Locked on Thunder your first listen every single morning, every day. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. And let's start with SGA, the face of this franchise, the now max contract player, the borderline all-star that should make it this year if we're not still giving out lifetime achievement awards. He says he feels 150%. Now, that's a new one, folks. We've heard of 110%. I've even seen some players say that they feel 120%. I cannot tell you a time in all my years of following the NBA where I remember a player saying they feel 150%, but that's how good SGA feels. 150%. That means SGA does not even have a hangnail. He feels perfect. He is perfect as can be. And he mentions he didn't feel completely healthy until about the midsummer. Now, remember, folks, there's a lot of people out there trying to tell you affirmatively sources. They know for sure that the Thunder were faking injuries. They know that for sure. And yet, SGA has been consistent in saying he's actually hurt, saying that if he was 100%, he'd play in the Olympics, and then he did not, and now saying that he did not feel completely healthy until the midsummer. He was hurt last year. Genuinely hurt last year. 
And now he's back with a new max extension. And he says that the job's not done. The work's not done. He said that there's still 90 or, or more percent of his bucket list to get to than just this max contract. And I really enjoyed his answer to being asked about being the face of the franchise. Because whenever you're the guy, you're the centerpiece for a trade that involves you know, a guy that finished top three in MVP voting, a guy that's an all-star perennially, uh, and a player of Paul George's caliber, and you're the the nucleus, you're the focal point of a trade that you know, kind of dismantled a franchise that was in the playoffs the year before, and, and that leaded to, of course, the Thunder trading away their franchise pillar. A lot of pressure gets put on you in that circumstance. And Shea has out you know, performed those expectations at every step of the way. The, the thing about this is he's the face of the franchise and there's only 30 franchises. So it's a big deal to be considered the guy that the team's building around and being the highest paid player and all that good stuff. And I liked his response to that. He says that nothing changes for him, not at all. The guys on this team are all super humble. We all work super hard. No one deserves being on a lower pedestal we are all equal. And you know, that's great to say the right thing. And Shea even mentions that, you know, words on the go so far, you have to lead by example. But even without being prompted, you know, guys like Mike Muscala and other players who've been around SGA this past year use that word humble to describe Shea. I think that he's practicing what he's preaching, that he does not view himself as better or more important to the team's success than any other player. Because while the Thunder might not win a ton of games this year, that, that, that's projected not to be the case, everything they do this year, especially with a roster like this one, contributes to winning in the future. This is not a tanking roster that has 50,000 veterans who by no means impact the future. How many players on this training camp roster do you know without a shadow of a doubt are not going to be involved when the team has their full entire core in place? Not many. I feel confident Derek Favors is not on this team when the Thunder have their core in place to go win championships. I feel confident Mike Muscala is not a playing player on this team whenever the Thunder have their roster in place to go win championships and go compete and do and fulfill their hopes and dreams of being that kind of NBA team. That team Sam Presley told you they want to be. Outside of that, who else on this roster do you think has no shot, no matter what they do this year, to be on the Thunder long term? It's a unique roster because it's so young and so many guys have opportunities to prove themselves and solidify their future. So while it might not result in wins in this specific season, the habits they create, the traits, the skill sets they develop will all either affect them positively or negatively in the future. Those habits, those mindsets they get into, and the skill sets they get into. And that, in the future, will directly correlate to wins and losses. So having this mentality and already setting the foundation as a genuine leader and not just a leader because he's the best overall player, a leader because he's a leader is a great thing for the franchise. And Isaiah Roby talked about how last year whenever he was inserted in the starting lineup, it meant a lot to him that SGA went over to him, pulled him aside, say, look, we believe in you. You deserve this. You've earned this. You have nothing to lose. We're behind you 100% and all that captain stuff. 
And that was the word he used to describe him in the GQ article. He's a captain of this team. And Media Day really confirmed that because every player was, of course, asked about Shea. And they all had the same answer of his leadership, his humble nature, liking to be around him, and his big smile, as somebody put it today. That's great to have in your franchise superstar, your franchise you know, face. On the court, Shea says he feels stronger and faster. And not so much added weight, but added you know, kind of just the muscle. And you could tell that he was jacked this year. And I cannot wait to see how that plays into his game because you're seeing workout clips recently of him working on a low post game. And if, if he's going to become a three-level scorer with that efficiency and that ability to pass the ball out of the paint, good luck to the rest of the league. I mean, that, that's another step he can take. And we still have not seen that full ceiling yet of a player who even a year ago, and now at this time two years ago, um, I was saying could be a top 15 player in the league. It's incredible what he's been able to pull off in this short amount of time with Oklahoma City. He also mentions that on the topic of playing with multiple ball handlers, and this kind of confused people uh, because he mentions you know, me, Josh, and Taylor will figure it out. We'll make it work. We're, we're going to make this work as three ball handlers. We've had three guard lineups before. We'll have three guard lineups again, and we'll all figure out how to work together. That's not him saying that Dort is binged or that Dort's not in the starting lineup or what the starting lineup even is. It's just saying when they're sharing the floor together, they'll make it work because we put a ton of emphasis on the starting lineup. All that means is who gets their name called out by the PA announcer and who's on the floor for the tip-off and probably the first two minutes. You're not going to make a substitution until about the two-minute mark at, at the earliest. So... It means really nothing. Closing lineups matter more. But in general, if if Josh Giddy pans out, he'll have to play minutes with SGA. In general, if Taylor Maldon pans out and is an NBA contributor, he'll have to play minutes with SGA. So how will they work together at those times whenever you're having all these ball handlers? And Shea says they're going to make it work. And, and after seeing how he played off of Chris Paul and Dennis Schroeder, you have to believe him that, that he can fit into that three-guard lineup. And, and that's been something that's been... An interesting talking point recently of just like, hey, does Shea only want to play point guard now that he's gotten that that taste? Of course, he wants to be a point guard in this league, but is that going to be exclusive uh, for Shea to only be the point guard? It seems as though he's, he's comfortable working out a three-guard system again for certain lineups in certain situations. Not an everyday thing, not a starting thing, just you know the certain situations that it present itself to have multiple ball handlers on the floor. We'll get to Darius Baisley's A-plus press conference coming up, but first, I want to say right now, but good friends over at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family-owned business serving you auto parts online for 20 years. That's right. 20 years ago, you could have been going to rockauto.com and finding all the parts that your car would ever need. All of them. Every single part your car would need, you could find at rockauto.com. My favorite part about rockauto.com is that I know absolutely nothing about cars. Not a single thing. And I don't have to. All I have to know is my make, my model, my year, and they're only going to show me car parts that are compatible with my vehicle. That way, I'm not wasting time or effort or money on parts I cannot use, parts you do not need. And since it's totally online, not only can you do this from the comfort of your own home, but they have no way of knowing your experience level with cars. That way, you're not getting upcharged for being a do-it-yourselfer. It's one basic, one amazing price with their amazing selection, reliably low-priced, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Tell them Locked On sent you in the How 
Did you hear about his box? And for all your car part needs, go to rockauto.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Thank you for making Lockdown Thunder your first listen of the day. And every single day, you're checking us out. We appreciate that a ton. Subscribe anywhere you get your podcast from. It's the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every single day. And I want to dive into Darius Baisley's Media Day press conference. And he deserves an A+. And when this wrapped up and we got to talk to every player on the roster, when it was all over, all said and done, the thing that was on my mind the most was Darius Baisley, who went way earlier in the day, but still it stuck with me how great he handled the media today and how awesome he was in this press conference. And I pointed out, one, because last year at this time, and of course not the calendar time, but the time of the season, you know, media day, Baisley was heavily ridiculed for his handling of the media on media day and particularly for the, for the kind of weird interaction whenever he was asked about how he found out about the trades, the same way that Derek favors this year was asked about how he found out about his trade to Oklahoma city. He, Darius space was asked about how he found out about Chris Paul being dealt, Steven Adams and Schroeder and all those other guys last year being dealt. And, and you know, he made it about the media versus him. And he just, it was a weird interaction. And that was all it was. It was a weird interaction. And he was very concise last year. He's very brief and short in his answers last year. And that's his prerogative. I mean, I mean, any player can uh, can do that. He wasn't, I wouldn't call him uh, anything other than what seems like a great person from social media. I mean, the videos he posts, the uh, peeks into his daily life we get to see on social media, all make him seem like a great person, a great friend, a great everything. And, and with the media, he's just quick and to the point. He answers your question, moves on. Nothing wrong with that. Um, I will say, and again, this is a total guess. I have, I don't know for sure, but I will say today it felt different with Darius Baisley. He walks in with this huge smile. He seemed happier. He seemed freer. He seemed more comfortable. And he talked about how he is more comfortable this year on, on the court and, and in this environment. Uh, but it just felt different this year from Darius Baisley. Uh, I think that he hit this interview out of the park with the media. Uh, he deserves a ton of props for this. And, and I think that, with the way that he's presenting himself right now as a free, comfortable person right now who's very happy. And he could have been very happy last year too and very comfortable and very free last year. This is, again, the hard part of guessing, which I don't like to do typically. Uh, But just guessing, he did seem happier and more free and more comfortable that it could translate onto the floor to where he's more comfortable on the floor and he plays better. Because we can all say last year was not a step forward for Baisley. In fact, he's the only player on the roster, in my opinion, that took a step back last year in his development. But Mark Dignott has said all along that, Devinner, that, that development's not linear, and so it's not going to be just a sh- you know, straight line up to the top for, for any of these players. And so last year was a bit of a step back, and he was put in a different role. And I'd even argue that he was mis- you know, misused last year by Mark, and I don't know if that was a Mark thing or a Baisley thing, but 
standing him in the corner and just telling him to spot up threes in the, in the corner is not, in my opinion, the way that you want to kind of best use basically. I think he's best used as a ball handler, as a playmaker, or at least as a cutter and an aggressive attacker of the basket. He's so aggressive and he's so, um, he's so good at getting to the rim. And also with the ball in his hands more, he can utilize his best trait, which is ball handling at his size and passing at his size. And off of that, as we've seen in summer workouts comes shooting off the dribble and not shooting with the catch and shoot in the corner. So I think that there's a lot of factors at play. And also, look, these guys are humans. And they went through the same things we went through last year and also had to play NBA basketball, (laughs) right? And so a lot goes into last year. But I thought that it was just a different vibe from Darius Baisley. The vibe you got in Media Day today was the vibe you see on social media where he is that happy-go-lucky guy that he is on social media. And I'm not sure what prompted him to share that side today, uh, but I hope it sticks around because it was awesome to talk to him um, today and, and listen to him speak today at media day. So the biggest takeaway besides that huge smile he had um, was that when asked about Mark Dagnott, he was already smiling, right? So his, his demeanor changed again um, in a positive way when, when Mark's name was even brought up. And he said, quote, as you can see, I'm already smiling. He's an amazing person. I'm so grateful to be coached by him on and off the court. He has helped me grow so much. He is one of the reasons I feel so comfortable going into this season. There's basically said, there isn't a thing I wouldn't do in the world for my mom. So whatever Mark asked me to do, I'm going to do. He says he doesn't view it as a coach-player relationship, just that they are both working together to help each other. He has a lot of respect for Mark. Look, it's clear that Darius has a great relationship and a strong one with his mom. And I did as well um, until she passed in May. And I feel the same way about my mom until the day she died, I would have done anything in the world that she asked me to do. And, you know, knowing that connection with your parent to have anyone in this world join that conversation in any capacity of, I would do anything for my mom. And I'd also do anything for Mark Dagnott just shows to me, forget basketball, just shows to me how much of a, great person Mark is with these guys and how relatable and how available he is and how honest and genuine and, um, again, just emotionally available he is to to these players to where they want to go out there and they want to play for him. Uh, They want to do what he says and they they want to do what's right in his game plan and also in his life game plan. And Mark is leading a bunch of teenagers. Josh Giddey's 18 years old. Baisley's just now able to drink. Mark is, in a way, helping guide these guys into manhood. And whenever you're playing a professional sport, you're with your teammates and coaches, especially last year with all those protocols, almost more than anybody else in the entire world, almost. And and so to have that strong of a connection where you would put him in the same breath as as your mother, I just thought it was a great example of, you know, the boy that Mark's connected with these players. And you saw it on the court last year. Because so much of last year was, you know, us, us saying and, and fans saying, what is it about Mark? What is it about this team? Why are they trying so hard? Why are they fighting so hard? Why are they scrapping so hard? Even in the midst of losing 20 straight games, why are they doing this? It's because this is the impression Mark has left with a lot of these players. And Baisley makes it public here. Uh, Baisley mentions that there was a turning point for him in a February game against Cleveland. He played bad. He scored like four points and I... I think he shot like 20% or something from the floor. He had a bad game. And he says that he plays terrible. He played terrible in that Cleveland game. 
And he says that he had a conversation with Mark on the bus while traveling. I don't know if I was on the bus or the plane. While traveling after the game. And you could just tell he cared about Bates as a person and a player. And it was a genuine care and not just a, hey, play better kind of care. And that changed a lot of things for Baisley and for Mark's relationship with Baisley. I, I just think that that was a, a kind of staple of this media day because Mark was asked about how he relates to players, given that he was not an NBA player himself. Um, and I thought that was kind of unfair to, to kind of put him on the spot that way. And he, and he talked about how his staff is very diverse and there's players on the staff, you know, there's coaches on the staff who have been players in the NBA, like Eric Maynard for the Thunder, uh, and also that haven't been players in the NBA. You don't need to be a player in the NBA to kind of relate to these guys and, and coach these guys. And and Baisley gave a testament to that with his remarks today on Mark. And it's clear, if it wasn't already, that Mark's not a lame duck coach. And I'd be I'd be floored if Mark was a lame duck coach. Not only will Mark withstand this rebuild process and, and, and be someone who sadly has to compile these losses on his resume, he'll be on the other side of this. This is not a scenario where you hire Mark, he gets you to the, you know, he gets you through this time period, and then once you have Shea in place, once you have you know the two other stars in place, whoever they may be, then you go get your guy. No, this is your guy. Mark Tegnaut is your guy. And as you heard last year, if you listen to this podcast, I think he's the best X's and O's basketball coach the Thunder have ever had. And then to find out about the relationship he's built with these players was even more incredible. Basically, he has put on weight on the court. <laughs> he says that he's worked on. Now, his strength with the strength coach all offseason, besides the two weeks he took off immediately following the season. So when the season ended, he took two weeks off, and then he got right into the weight room with the strength coach all offseason. He says he does not know the official number that, that he's added, but he just can tell if they've been working. And a lot of times in any you know, workout or anything like that, you can just tell by the results you're getting more so than certain numbers. And so that makes a lot of sense from Baisley. He mentions that he expects a bigger role defensively, and that's his focus this year, which is a two-year focus now for Baisley. Last year, he said, that he said the same thing and then acted on it. He was guarding Zion, guarding KD, guarding Jimmy Butler, uh, guarding Julius Randle, uh, guarding all these top players in the NBA and, and top scorers in the NBA, um, and now he wants to continue on that larger role defensively. And Mark has shown an ability to improve players defensively. So if Baisley continues to work at that aspect of his game, and Mark continues to progress that aspect of his game. Putting this lengthy, quick, twitchy forward that's very versatile and switchable, that's a good defender, next to Lou Dort, can be an incredibly frustrating defense for offenses to go up against. And that's just kind of the you know the layout and the foundation for your defense. And he mentions how with such a, with such a young team and so many guys battling for minutes. This will be a very competitive training camp. More on that coming up, including Isaiah Roby graduating from college. Derek Favors on how he found out about the trade. Lou Dort, Mike Muscala, and so much more all coming up. But first, I want to tell you right now about the Sleeper app. So listen, we love basketball. We do. You're listening to a basketball podcast right now in September. Games are still a week away, and they're preseason games at that. You clearly love basketball. And I'd imagine you also love sports and sports betting and sports fantasy. And it's clear that the best fantasy sports experience so far has been the NFL. It's easy. You don't got to pay much attention. You just got to do week by week, set your lineup, and you're good. You know exactly when everybody plays, either Friday, Sunday, or Monday, and you can set your lineups that way. 
It's not daily busy work. It's not intrusive on your daily life. It's a lot easier to handle. However, basketball fantasy, baseball fantasy, it's not the same way. It's not the same way at all until now with the sleeper app. So what the sleeper app does is that they make fantasy basketball more simple and just better in general. Because in 2018, the fantasy sports experts at sleeper realized that fantasy basketball was broken. Games were being won and lost based on how many times a player played that week and how many more scheduled games one person's team had than the other. It made no sense and required very little strategy. So in 2020, Sleeper released a brand new fantasy basketball called Game Pick. It's only available on Sleeper. In Game Pick, owners pick a single game per week for each of their starters to count towards their team's total score, ensuring an even number of games played between opponents, and that way, you get the best possible experience. You can pick these games based on player matchups, home and away, uh, defensive rating, pace of play, and so much more. So take out the busy work, add strategy, and just play a fun fantasy basketball game at Sleeper app, game pick. So go to Sleeper app, pick the game pick, and then start a league with your friends and have some fun with the most strategic basketball game on the market from Sleeper app. Also, I want to say about our good friends over at betonline.ag. We're back and better than ever. All eyes turn to the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head over to the website or use your mobile device and sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Do not forget to use code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, baseball, right to your favorite casino games from Vegas, do not wait. Take advantage right now on all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sport action. Bet online, your online sportbook experts. Promo code locked on at betonline.ag. Speaking of betting, go to Locked On Bets, the podcast that's every single day and it helps you bet on sports. Folks, they are hitting on over 60% of their bets the last seven weeks. It's free money because the podcast is free. Go to the Locked On Bets podcast for free anywhere. You get your podcast from. This is Locked On Thunder, the daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. Thank you for making us your first listen this morning and every single day, wherever you find your podcast from. I'm Ryland Styles. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. And I want to continue Thunder Media Day. Isaiah Roby talked to the media and he told us how he graduated from college and is looking forward to sleep. Now, a lot of you could be college students right now and of that age of even just going to school, you know, high school or whatever. Imagine staying up all night cramming for a paper and the next day you got to go play in the NBA and go to LeBron James. It'd be wild. I mean, it'd be absolutely wild. He mentions how while he was traveling, he'd be, you know, he'd be studying and doing homework on the team plane and on the buses. Now, that's not the kind of stuff you want to be doing on an NBA travel you know, plane and a bus. You want to be hanging out with your guys, your teammates. You want to have some fun. And so he's looking forward to the sleep that comes with it and not having to take tests you know, right before games, like an hour before a game, take a test, do homework, and then go play in the NBA. And then again, he mentioned how SGA kind of touched him and moved him whenever he was hyping him up uh, after being named starter last year. Do not take this as the starting lineup of like, oh, Roby's officially starting at center position. 
No, Roby was telling a story about last year, and so that has really no bearings on this year. I would still project Derek Favors, you know, kind of projects to be the starting center, but it could be Roby for sure. I just would not take this quote as it being the case for sure this year. He's starting center while Favors is on the roster. Speaking of Derek Favors, he was in Vegas when he heard about the trade, and his agent told him, of course, the trade happened around midnight, so his agent told him around then in Vegas, just having some fun, hanging out. Uh, he never thought about being a guy who didn't report, like who just got traded to the Thunder and then just stayed home. He said, quote, I did not want to be that guy. Now, he says that he likes being around the young guys on the roster. They have fun, and they keep me young. They keep me hip on all the new music, all the trends, all that kind of stuff, fashion. And he likes being around younger players, wanting to teach them how to win, wanting to be a good veteran for these young guys, whether he had good veterans whenever he was coming up in the NBA. Uh, mentions that as far as his relationship with the Thunder and, and the Thunder track record, this was the question that was prompted for this answer, was about the Thunder track record of uh, Horford, of Chris Paul. Derek Favors says that you can see that around the league. You can see how well they treat Horford and Chris Paul. And mentions, look, just do the right thing. Come in, do your job, be professional, and be a good teammate. And it'll all work out from there. So it's clear that agents and veterans have, you know, of course, gotten wind of how well the Thunder have treated these vets. And now Horford mentioned to the Boston Media Day, Media Day that, that he wa- he told Sam Presti, I want to go to the Celtics, and Sam Presti made it happen. So credit to Sam Presti for building up that reputation and, and for um, the good vibes that come off of that with these veterans. The vibe that you got from Favors was a good one. I, he, I think he handled everything great, especially given the circumstances of going from like the number one team in the West, a contending team in Utah, to a team that's projected to finish last in the West. He says he had a great conversation with Sam Presti and Mark Dagnon and that the vibe was just whatever happens, happens. If he gets traded to a contender, awesome. Obviously, he's you know going to be 30 years old as, and careers will not last forever, so he wants to go win basketball games. If he doesn't get traded, oh, well, he'll be a good veteran for this roster as well. So, like, the he seemed very relaxed and very chill about it. He says he wants to, you know, make the, he seemed like he wanted to make the most of his time here and then pass that, whatever, you know, that's the rest of that's gravy of whatever happens on the court um, and, and if he gets traded or not. So I was impressed with the way Derek Favors talked. And you could tell that this is a norm for Favors. I mean, David Locke, host of Locked on Jazz and the owner of this entire company and the Jazz play, play voice, uh, you know, he was tweeting out about Derek Favors, you know, missing Favors and how great Favors was in Utah. So you can tell that everywhere he goes, Favors leaves an impression and a very good one. And so I got that same good vibe from Favors as well. I was impressed with the way that he handled himself. And in that situation, you can you can take this a hundred different ways whenever you get traded to a a young, rebuilding, projected to be last team after being on a contending team your previous year. And I think he handled it the exact right way and just did it the professional way, which is what he mentioned here as well. Lou Dort. Lou Dort. The best defender in the league is now playing soccer, is doing jujitsu, and is playing tennis. He says he got faster and he lost some weight. So we had Muscle Watch on Boku, uh, who looked like he gained some muscle. Tail Maldon, who looked jacked. Jacked Shay, who looked jacked as well and very strong. Baisley looks like he added muscle. Lou Dork a little smaller, lost some weight, is faster, has more mobility. He mentioned the footwork that he's added uh, from playing soccer, tennis, and then of course doing jujitsu. I I would cringe. I would be shivering if I was an NBA player right now and I read that Lou Dort is doing jujitsu. I, I feel bad for having anyone having to drive on Lou Dort now. Uh, just going to end this off 
on some Mike Muscala propaganda. You know Muscala gives the best quotes about Oklahoma City, gives you all the warm and fuzzies. He says that of his role this season, quote, I do not expect anything. I have no expectations when it comes to the rotation. Whatever Coach Mark wants me to do, I'll do. Says that he's been here for most of the offseason helping the young guys. And then he says, I love the city itself. I think there are a lot of parts of this city when you don't live here, you don't get to appreciate. I feel like I've, I'm always discovering something new about the city. I really appreciate what the Thunder organization is about, the fans. My family loves to come here. Uh, he just loves the city, loves the team. And having that selflessness, as somebody who's you know, 31 years old and has a stretch big, he could have gone somewhere for a million dollars or $2 million and been a nice contributor, especially in the regular season, for a contending team and then go kind of win a ring or go far in the playoffs with that and, and be a val- valuable playoff player. To have that much of a connection to the city and to this organization is fun to see. And then not expecting anything in return for that connection and being willing to, to say, you know what, even if I'm not in the rotation, I'm still going to be a good sh- soldier the way I was last year. No expectations for minutes or anything like that. It really gives a Thunder flexibility to play JRE at the five and Isaiah Roby at the five and Gabriel Deck at the five and like play these players who they need to know what quality of player or what type of player they're going to be. So Mike Muscala was awesome as always. Look, tomorrow we're going to talk about the Thunder announcing their training camp roster, the roster projection 1.0, camp battles, top storylines, and and, uh, training camp. Thursday, we're going to recap media days again because there's a lot we did not get to. A ton of content came out today, including about Josh Giddey and Boku and so many more players. Everyone on the roster talked today, so we have a lot more to get to. But these are kind of the big highlights of media day. Friday, we're going to grade the offseason winners and losers. Plus, I'm sure that we're going to have post-practice media avails at some point this week, I'm sure. And then the preseason starts in a week from yesterday, so they'll be playing the Hornets next Monday. Goodness, we are back. As a tease for the rest of Media Day coverage, uh, Josh Giddy said, quote, this is a dream. It was like a dream. We used to always joke about this a year ago. Imagine if I end up with Oklahoma, with Hannah just down the road at Oral Roberts University, his sister. It's a perfect situation for us. We are already here. It's perfect for the family, which of course lends itself into the um, sentiment he's had since draft day of he only wanted to play here. This was the spot he told his agent to get him to, and he wanted to be in Oklahoma City for a very good reason. But with that, thank you for listening, making this your first listen every morning and subscribing to the podcast for free. That way you never miss a podcast that happens every single day, Monday through Friday. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore styles at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Go make Locked on Bets your second listen. Go win you some money. You deserve it. You deserve it. Go win some money. Locked on Bets, wherever you get your podcast from. Until tomorrow, whenever we talk about the Thunder, training camp roster, and camp battles and roster projections, be good and be good to one another. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.